Okay, we're starting one more time. We are on manual mode this time. I think on the uh, zoom mode. It was overloading. So I'm still learning this thing. I just got it yesterday. Well, everything's under control. Well under control. Well under control. Anyway. pretty soon. Testing one, two, test, testing one, two, test, test, test. Okay, I'm just going to have to let this play and hopefully it will be fine. This is a very pretty area right by the airport. Okay, I've, I've hit the end of Courtney Park, so to speak, and now I'm turning. I guess it is still Courtney Park. It just goes around the airport. And we have a big swooping valley road here. It's very nice. Very fun to drive on, very scenic. No trees as far as the eye can see. Well, really. Not really, but anyway. today do a lot of interviews. It's interesting because uh, the questions he was asking, I don't remember him asking me the same questions, but I guess he changes it up for every person. And uh, yeah, when people ask for references at a job interview, I guess they really do matter a lot because I heard my boss call all the job reference contacts afterwards. So yeah, that was interesting. I was an employer. I, I don't know if I'd bother with it, but I think maybe it's a good idea. Okay. We've been recording for 2 minutes and 27 seconds, so it seems to be working. Okay. I'm turning onto a road called Convair. And the other side, there's... Okay. It says maximum 50. So that's fairly slow. I'm already going 50. And to the right of me, there's a water dam system or something, some kind of water refinery system. It's probably for the airport. And to the left is a big runway, the edge of the runway. It's very cool. And we're coming down through uh, these windy roads here. Coming up to the right of me is, there are some signal lights. I think the air, oh shit. The plane just took off right over my head. Wow. And yeah, I was saying there's some signal lights here, red and white ones to the right of me and left of me as well. And we're going up the hill slightly. And it says 40 kilometers. I wish that was 140 kilometers. That'd be a lot more fun. But anyway, to the right of me, we're turning again. We're coming up to, oh, General Mills is across the street, across the 401 there. Yeah, and to the right of me is the 401. 
So this is a great road to drive on. Maybe late at night when there's nobody around. You can really have some fun on this road. So yeah, since I've been working this new job, my whole entrepreneurial projects have uh, fallen by the wayside. I really have to get back into that. I have to go add more members to my social networks, check how much money I've been making, because at the end of the day, the employer is just looking for me to service him. He doesn't care about, you know, if I strike gold from one of my little projects. So it's very important not to look out for number one, which is myself, and strike and continues, you know, with my extracurricular activities after work. Because if I don't, who knows what, because if I stick with this job and just stick to the nine to five attitude, I'm never gonna get anywhere in life. I'm never gonna break out of that system, so, you know got to try our own things. And it makes life a lot more interesting. Passion is not just about the weekends and partying and having fun like that. The passions sometimes are about success and building money, building wealth, things like that. And if I don't continue, that will never happen. talk much about it because my mind's been off it for so long. At work, we've been talking extensively about, you know, outsourcing some of the work we have to do in India. And my boss and I think about the idea, but when it comes down to it, he doesn't seem like he really wants to execute it. He likes to explore the idea and think about it and think, oh, wouldn't it be nice? But at the end of the day, you know, when it comes down to paying somebody overseas to work for you, uh, it's a very, it's a big gamble, I would say. Because you don't know what kind of quality of work you're going to get. Whereas with me, he's happy for me to continue with the uh, menial tasks. Because at least he knows I'm doing it and I'm uh, executing with a degree of uh, quality. just saw a whole bunch of very attractive looking, uh, what do you call them, stewardesses going into a building over there. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I use that word too much in my podcasts. It's the, it's the kind of word you say when you're trying to make something interesting that just isn't interesting, which these podcasts are. But maybe when I edit them, I can dig out some gems. Who knows? Who knows what I might stumble upon? So, where are we right now? We are at Lester B. Pearson International Airport, Greater Toronto Airports Authority. And I see we're at an intersection now, and we are going on to uh, the road I cannot see yet, but there's an Avis rent-a-car on the other side of the road. I see Hertz, so there are lots of rental car agencies around here. Oh, 
can't see the side of the road. Okay, just turned. Hertz is on the right side. Oh, down to half a tank of gas. Wow, this thing really guzzles sometimes. Love this car, but it guzzles. And to the left of me, sorry, I've had allergies. Sorry. To the left of me is the airport again. Runways, lights, all that stuff. Okay, looks like now we are going under a highway overpass, underpass, whatever. And it's fairly busy. Another airplane's landing, one of the Jazz, which is the budget version of Air Canada, I believe. They're smaller airplanes. Jazz Airlines. And we're just crossing the intersection now. Oh, it's called Silver Dart. And soon I'm going to have to make a right turn to get onto the 401. Hopefully the traffic's not too bad. And hopefully this battery doesn't give out. But we're still recording, so it's cool. We're at nine minutes. some music to these podcasts, do some equalizer tweaking, they should be a lot better. The weather's so nice, it makes me think about photography sometimes. It would be nice to be out with my camera. I see a lot of photo opportunities. I really miss selling pictures uh, on the internet. Although it's kind of tedious uploading them, it's always rewarding to see which ones get downloaded the most. It's been, geez, half a year, if not more, that I've stopped doing that. I've always said, oh, I'm going to get back into it, but the return on investment is very poor. It isn't for all people. I mean, if you uh, take the time and effort and take the kind of pictures that sell, like... Um, Investment type photographs, people in business suits, office setups, things like that, they sell pretty well. But that in itself is a big undertaking. And you can kind of make a career off it, but I would say even the top in the world are lucky to clear six figures. So you're not going to get rich off it. Six figures a year, that is. $100,000, a little more or something, I would assume. But, yeah, 98% of people, I don't know, probably 99.5% of people do it for a hobby. And they end up making, like, 20 bucks a year or something, whatever, something really small. But, yeah, I want to get into that more. The sites... I haven't checked them in a while, but the sites I was making the most amount of money with was, number one was definitely Shutterstock, number two was iStock Photo, number three was Dream, what was it called, Dream, uh, I forget the name of the website, Dreamcast, no, that's the second thing, uh, what's it called, Dream, Dreams Time, 
dreamstime.com. That was number three. Number four was Fortolia, which is a great site, too. And the last one was Big Stock Photo, which was seemed to be fading a little bit, but who knows how they're doing now. They could be doing okay. But yeah, stock photography is a very interesting uh, business. Starting your own stock photography company might be, I thought anyway, was a good way to go, but I never followed through and I was ripped off because the person I was having built my website kind of scammed me, but it only happened once in life. I got scammed once, it won't happen again as far as website building. I will not ever have anybody build a website for me unless I'm 100% sure and have 100% done all the market research. And, and of course, I don't know, I'd have them build it first and then pay them if it's possible, or at least have to build half of it. Because I, I don't know how people, what kind of experiences people have normally had, but I don't, I don't give something for nothing. I really, I really think that you have to be careful about being scammed. Anyway, I think that building websites or having one custom built is not so necessary these days because. It's easy to take a framework from something like Ning or a Blogger or WordPress and fashion your own website. And there's a lot of customizable, customizable features, you know. That's why I really like Ning. Sorry to get back to Ning again, but they do everything that I personally ever wanted to do with the functionality of an internet platform. What else would you want from it or the internet? What else would you want from online, social networking, whatever? You've got uploadable photographs. You've got the music feature. You know, people, basically everything Facebook can do, Ning can do, just as well. I would say better, but there is no better because these days everything works so well on the internet. Nothing really does work poorly. It just comes down to how complicated things are and how simple they are. And I used to deal with uh, the complicated stuff, but now I just deal with the simple stuff. I started too, I never got into it talking about it, but I was building a lot of forums. And a couple of them were doing pretty well. There were, uh, I was very excited about it. There were people posting. It takes so much work, and my philosophy is that in the future, forums might fade a little bit because they just don't have, you know, you can't upload videos, basically. It's harder sometimes to upload photographs, depends on the situation. And the look is very bland. I think that the whole Facebook platform is far more attractive than just a basic old forum. Although in saying that, there are a lot of forums out there that are still huge with hundreds of thousands of members, some of them. And so yeah, there are people making a lot of money off forums, I guess. A lot being, you know, 
nothing like the plenty of fish cry, but I guess some people make, you know, a living off it, a 95 living off it, whatever, who knows. But yeah, I built a couple forums. I was using the SMF template, that simple machines forum, and I found that to be the best one in my experience. Uh, I also played around with the BB, what's it called? You know, the other one, BB, blah, blah, whatever. But anyway, the uh, SMF has worked very well for me. And the biggest thing you have to be careful about when you build a forum is the spam. You constantly have to be on top of that. Oh god, people staring at me big time. Yes, 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 so what? Yeah, so anyway, about the forums and spam, you've got to make sure that only members can leave messages. There's all these customizable features and you really got to be on top of that. And you've got to make sure to delete and ban any members that create spam. And never let guests just the ability to come on and leave comments. They must sign up. So go into the customizable features, the administration area, and tweak that. And then you'll come up with... Uh, the formula to have a forum that has very little spam, if not zero spam. In fact, my, uh, what do you call it? I'm using bluehost.com for my uh, hosting, and I've been very happy with them. But they actually uh, put my a temporary hold on my account because they said there were too many pornographic images in my uh, my forums. It was clogged up with all kinds of horrible porno spam. And then I told them, well, I just neglected it. I wasn't on top of it and all these people spam me. And then they uh, quickly released that hold, whatever. So be careful of that. You don't want that kind of spam. And it comes, trust me, it will come regardless. So just stay on top of that stuff. A forum with no monitor is like, a, I don't know, it's a dead forum to begin with because people are just going to see all the spam and then avoid it altogether. So, anyway, back to my journey home. Hope this doesn't bore everybody, but I want to combine a lot of different features in this podcast. We're at the sign that says Algonquin Provincial Park, 250 kilometers via 400. Exciting, eh? I've been to Algonquin Park a long time ago. It's very beautiful. I'd love to go up there again. The stars are beautiful in the summertime. See, this appeals to me a lot more, talking about this kind of stuff rather than just simply web marketing. Because there's so many people just talking about web marketing all the time. Travel podcast, yes, I think they definitely might be the most interesting. And I'm not exactly in a hot travel destination now, but for some people visiting Toronto might be interesting. I don't know if people visiting Toronto would actually drive on the 401, but who knows? I would because I love driving, but you know, most people probably wouldn't. We're passing right now the 400 north to Barrie. 
Black Creek. That's to the right. And wow. And then there's Keel Street, Dufferin Street, and Yorkdale Road. Keel Street is three kilometers away. The traffic is moving a little bit faster now. Let's see. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, the battery might be dying. I see it's at one right now. So I'll continue talking. Maybe until it dies. Wow, that was fast. That's crazy. Why am I cut off suddenly? I don't think I brought more batteries with me. I didn't bring well let me look in here actually I know where I can get a battery from I can get a battery from my thing what do you call it the thing I have a security system on my car and it takes a little triple A battery so I've got to look down every once in a while and see if it's died or not it hasn't. Okay, we're behind an exciting Dodge Caravan and another black Porsche. What's up with the black Porsches there everywhere? Or maybe it's a dark blue one. I swear to God, that should be a theme on my podcast. Porsche, Porsche, must the law assessed. It's just uh, they're everywhere. That one's got a nice tan leather interior. It's very cool. Yeah, so uh, the uh, Japan, reviewjapan.ning social network has to be worked on. Last time I saw there were 130, 140 members, something like that. It seems pretty active. And it's amazing that depending on the topic you pick, people will post more or less. I think there were a lot of people very interested in that topic, so there was a lot of activity, a lot of photos and videos people uploaded. That was very cool. This guy's laughing at me, but he's also talking on the phone. He's loading his car. So everybody's talking in their cars these days. I just have to make sure not to make eye contact with anybody or else I'll get really embarrassed and shut up. And that will ruin my podcast. So the last two days, because I haven't had cable or internet in my house, I've been forced to watch my DVD collection. And a friend of mine, I've seen all the DVDs and movies in my our possession so but there was only one I didn't see a friend of mine lent it to me and it was something I would never watch other than the fact that my internet and whatever's out and it was an animation called undergrads and it was uh, interesting interesting character development interesting characters in general it wasn't as funny as 
not nearly as funny as The Simpsons or uh, Family Guy or something like that. Actually, it was kind of a bad copy of those. Not really a copy, but some of the jokes they were trying to trying to target the same kind of jokes, modified versions of the same jokes. But it wasn't nearly as funny. But it was an interesting. It, it did keep me entertained, and I did watch both DVDs of the first season. It's hard to. Uh, oh, somebody's calling me. Hold on a second. Hello. Hi. Oh wow, that's amazing. Okay. If I if I get it fixed tonight, yeah. apartment right after work today, right? I have to, because tonight I'm moving everything. What? No. Oh, you're just going to bring the boxes down. Okay, sure. Okay. So I can do what? Okay, so I'll call you when I'm near the condo, okay? Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Sorry. I have a telephone call there. And some guy was seriously giving me... Uh... Well, it's interesting, though. Livens up the situation. A little bit of real life. Yeah, so I've got to pick up boxes tonight. And I've got to move stuff out of my apartment. Exciting stuff, eh? Exciting stuff. It's hard to make the conversation lively when it's just me. It'd be cool somehow if I could actually... Wouldn't it be cool if you could call a friend on Skype in your car? I wonder if that's possible. And I could record the conversation somehow on an onboard computer in my car. I'm sh it's possible. I know 100% it's possible. But is anybody doing it? It's possible because you could just bring your own PC lab, laptop, whatever, and have it all rigged up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just the engine sound in the way. Oh, but I'm kind of thinking out loud here. Okay, right now we're at Kiel Street. The battery is still holding up. What I think I might do is cruise by my parents' house and steal a cigarette. It's awful. I could do a whole podcast about the, the horrible addiction of smoking, which I'm not really addicted to because days and days go by when I don't have a cigarette. But since I'm going to be passing by there, can't hurt to run in grab one, say hello, take off. That's it, really. Okay, so that's Keel Street. I think the next one's Dufferin. And 
knows how they came up with the names of these streets. I don't know what they mean. But they're pretty general. Also, something I want to do, talking about music, I was talking about music earlier this morning, and I want to see how this recorder records when I jam. So that'd be an interesting little segment to add to my podcasting. Uh, samples of my live music. Samples of me playing guitar. And my friend who lives below me, he's uh, been playing guitar for about a year or so. So he's still he's an intermediate player, I'd say. He's a good, good guitarist. He has some potential. But I think his natural sense of rhythm is a little bit off. That's probably his biggest weakness. If you don't have rhythm, you really have to work on it, I guess. It's important, because rhythm and a sense of melody, I mean, are the two most important things to anything, any musician. I don't know if anybody out there would disagree with me, but how could you? Rhythm and a sense of melody. One thing about me is that Everybody seems to love, most people I meet love my guitar playing, they think I'm way better than average, but my singing, I guess I, what I lack in singing I make up for in guitar playing, because I think I have a pretty bad voice, I think I'm in key some of the times, but uh, in general, I listen to my voice on playbacks when I'm singing. I do some stuff in GarageBand, and I absolutely hate the sound of my voice. It sounds just ugh, embarrassing. But maybe it's a psychological thing. A lot of people hate the sound of their voice, and other people say, oh, that's not bad, that's pretty good. And they keep saying some of the biggest singers in history, like, say, Bob Dylan or somebody like that, or whoever, are, were terrible. So, I don't know. I just don't know. I can't step outside of myself. I can judge another person singing, but I can't judge my own. And uh, sometimes when I was living in Japan, I took karaoke very seriously. Enjoyed it a lot. But now that I'm playing in a band again, I have no desire to sing. I always thought, I should sing. I should at least do backups. I should do stuff like that. But I don't. Because I'm totally focused on my guitar playing, so I guess that's that's a good thing. It just feels natural to me, so I guess I'm just not a born, not a natural singer of any sort, because I don't really want to. I don't have the desire to do it. And also when I sing, my voice gets very tired very quickly, because I don't have the proper lessons. I always want to take uh, vocal lessons, but I never want to. And it costs money and this and that, whatever, right? So, anyway, to the back to the trip home. To the right of me is Yorkdale Mall. I have a lot of memories there. Not particularly kind of passionate memories, so to speak, but memories. It was the first mall I really started going to do when I was off on my own as a kid. So I'd come out here on the train, it would be, you know, 
back then it's like flying to a foreign country it's very exotic and geez even more recently I've been on two dates there with some girls that was about geez three four years ago one date was a complete disaster the other date was you know one of those dates where you run away from the girl after you meet her <laughs> I met her it was nice blah 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 I went to the rainforest cafe it was cordial and everything and then when it came time to part it's like see ya bye bye and then uh, what is it another girl who actually became a friend of mine we met there we went to where was it again I just saw it there some kind of grill or steakhouse sit back there yeah milestones that's it milestones we had a meal at milestones and I discovered I had absolutely nothing in common with this person but I did find her semi-attractive but you know we became friends we hung out once in a while and that's it really we still are kind of friends but we just have kind of been hanging out in different spots and haven't seen each other in ages but that's life right you know people come into your life people come out of your life that's what happens you know being single and dating around is fun for a lot of people but when you get older not that I'm that old but you know it just gets boring after a while so it's so nice in that in many respects not to be in that scene again especially in Toronto because the dating scene here I don't know other people can disagree with me is very slow oh, but the scene in Japan was pretty unsuited to my taste too but it was a lot more fun it's it was fun because you could get a date fast but it wasn't fun because I found personally a lot of the people girls in Japan pretty dull and I could totally but that's just my opinion I mean people go through phases right some people marry Japanese women and spend their life there blah 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 and enjoy it right but that this is an awesome segment to uh, segue into another area I was going to talk about I saw this movie recently called Shudder I think I saw it two weeks ago week and a half ago I don't know and I read the online reviews of it and people gave it a very low rating overall but actually I was uh, very impressed because I love that genre of movie and I thought that movie in particular was very well done it wasn't quite as scary as uh, The Grudge 2 for some reason The Grudge 2 the American version was very scary for me and of course the ring is scary but that's kind of what started it all off no this one shutter was very scary but didn't leave a huge impression because I've kind of forgotten about it but when I think back oh yeah that was what it was about but that's why I draw it into the thing I was talking about with Japanese women before and it's interesting how the whole premise of the movie is about this one Japanese girl who got a little bit obsessive about this guy and there's a lot more to it than that I won't get into detail but I know a lot of my friends at least two of my friends one really good friend one acquaintance you know they've broken up with uh, 
Japanese girlfriends, and they're absolutely, they got crushed so badly by being dumped or, you know, by being left by these guys that, you know, they became a little psycho, actually. Two of them I know, they just couldn't eat for like two weeks or something, and, and they ended up in the hospital and all kinds of horrible stuff, so it's, it's amazing to me that people would get that crushed over, you know, being dumped. But it happens, and I don't know. I'd like to start a dialogue about that. My friend, too, I have a friend who's obsessed with Thailand and Thai culture, and he says it's just as bad, if not worse, over there. Because... He says if you ever get a breakup with a Thai girl, you better uh, move out all your stuff before you even tell her you're going to break up with her because apparently they never leave. <laughs> they just hang out. You can't get rid of them. They're like glued to your ankle no matter what. And trust me, I, I speak. I've been to Thailand and I met one person over there just uh, friendship or whatever, hung out, whatever. And it was the same sort of situation. This this girl just would not leave my side. I swear to God, no matter what I did. So, but in saying that, moving on, I love Thailand, and can't wait till I go there again someday. I wouldn't really like to live there, but then again, I... I wouldn't complain if I lived there for two or three years. That wouldn't be like hell. That would be kind of interesting. I'd like that. That would, for me, the reason I'm not really that much into Thailand is because everything in the city seems like uh, like dirty and run down, and I'm not into that. That's why I like Tokyo better, or some modern city, because I like to see modern design, new age stuff. Art galleries, cutting edge of society, basically, you know. So that's why Japan has the perfect balance for me. Sorry, I keep looking down here to see if it's still recording, and it is. Amazing. Amazing. So right now, we just exited. I should uh, keep you updated with my trip here. I just exited the 401. It is now 6.17, so I've been driving for about an hour. So it's amazing. This podcast altogether is getting close to an hour. I've got to combine all the segments, but all those segments together equal one hour almost. Wow. So anyway, we're on Avenue Road, and just passing Wilson Avenue. It's a nice road, you know, it's pretty quick, moving road. It's not as busy as Yelp Street. So, if you're driving around, I recommend it for a quick way to get downtown. The, of course, the quicker way to get downtown, depending on traffic, is the Don Valley Parkway, but that's further east. But Avenue Road is a very nice little drive. Not too busy, not too quiet. 
lot of nice shops on Avenue Road. A lot of nice restaurants. Very uh, upper middle class neighborhood, all of it basically. And yeah, when I was growing up in high school, all my friends were living in this area. I went to Northern Secondary School. Oh, there's a McDonald's. It's been redone. And Subway, all the typical stuff. And I've got to make sure I drive carefully because there's a lot of parked cars to the right of me. Oh, there's a Nissan dealership. Ah, maybe I should stop at the Nissan dealership because I want to pick up an envelope. But then again, I don't really need it. Save my money. I'm sometimes a bit of a shopaholic, depending on my mood. Maybe in the summertime I'll buy a new Nissan emblem for the rear of my car because there's this part where the paint is chipping and I want to cover it up with something, so I thought it might be a good idea. So, the Nissan dealership is now to the left of me, and it looks open, kind of. There are people inside there. But on another day, I'll go back there and deal with that. Sound good? Sounds good. We're getting close to Lawrence. Lawrence is a big street. Before that, there's the second cup and the great Canadian bagel and the beer store. Love the beer store. Just wish we didn't have the beer store in Ontario because then we could buy our liquor in a convenience store and that would be much better. But whatever. The uh, government has a monopoly on beer taxing and all this and that, whatever. So be it. To the left of me is a very interesting condo complex or whatever you want to call it. It's been there for a couple of years, but I like it. It's got a nice wooden bridge. And again, moving up, another to the left of me is a very famous full-service car wash, which is great because they do very quick detailing. There's a bunch of people that will clean your car with by hand when you exit it. So they'll get all the spots the the machine missed. So that's a good idea. And to the right of me is a Pizza Hut. Love Pizza Hut. Probably eat too much pizza, but can't get enough of it. Pizza Hut. Wish there were more Pizza Huts in Toronto. Three, ten, ten, takeout. I don't know how the jungle goes. Something like that. Beside me is another black Porsche. That's the theme. How many black Porsches can I spot? Tomorrow morning, let's start the game again. How many black Porsches? Why is it the most popular color for Porsches? It seems that way. If I ever see another skyline, I will bring it up right away, I hope. One of these days, I see another one. Two or three weeks ago, I saw two in one day. That was amazing. And then I've seen blah, blah. I don't know. All together, I've probably spotted a skyline on the road ten times. Max ten times. 
almost all of them have been GTRs, but in two of them, my friend has a GTS actually, and I saw a GTS parked in the underground parking lot where I park in Toronto, downtown. It wasn't in the greatest condition. The roof was a bit smashed in, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't care. If I didn't have this GTR, I would uh, be happy with a GTS. And in fact, when I go back to Japan, if I ever make enough and justify owning a car, I wouldn't mind. A GTS would be good enough for me. Or whatever new Skyline may be out at the time. I don't think I'd be, unless I really strike it big, would be, be able to afford the GTR. Maybe here in Canada, but not in Japan. No way. I'm sure the taxes and gasoline prices would be astronomical for that car over there. And it's good to know that car is presently on sale in Japan. So that's very cool. I've seen videos on YouTube. So when I go over there in January, hopefully, I will see some for myself and they'll be freaking amazing. Wow, it's a Carrera 4. I guess that means it's four-wheel drive. I have not been keeping up to date with the Porsche technology. Growing up, before I went to Japan, I was obsessed with German cars. I used to love German cars. Oh, there's another silver Porsche. I thought the 911 would be the absolute pinnacle. Cars I was obsessed with as a kid. This is a whole interesting topic unto itself. I've always been, when I was younger, obsessed with the 57 Chevy. I drew it in school. I could drive perfectly every detail. I don't know why, but I was just like drawing that car everywhere. Back and front, mostly front. And then later on, of course, the 911. Loved it. What are the cars I like? For some reason, I liked all the Chevy Bel Airs. Uh, you know, the 55, the 56, 57. Oh yeah, I used to also really love, I went through phases, like say a 70 to 72 Camaro for some strange reason. Always wanted one of those. Still think they're great cars. It still is an underrated Camaro compared to the other ones. You always see the one, the 69, the 68 so often, but not the uh, 70 to 73 so much. But that car is very collectible too. And oh my god, I can't believe my friends and I, at one point, we even wanted, like you say, an 84 Camaro when we first got the license. So let's all get 84 Camaros, it'd be so cool. Oh god, I don't know what I was thinking then. But anyway, you go through phases, certain cars appeal to you, and then they don't appeal to you all of a sudden. obscure cars. I've always liked obscure cars like the NSU RL80 which I don't think I've ever seen one in the flesh. But I was absolutely fascinated with that car because it looks like an Audi about 10 years earlier if not more. But NSU of course, as many people know, was bought by Audi a long time ago. So yeah, that covers the cars I like used to like. Now for me it's all Oh, what would I like now? Jeez. So much to talk about. K-Car. 
I don't know why, but I'd love to have a K, a K car in Toronto. I've seen one maybe two or three times. Absolutely amazing. If anybody out there doesn't know what a K car is, no, it's not the one made by Chrysler or Plymouth or whatever. It means light car in Japan. K being K E I, K Jidosha, meaning light vehicle class. So, yeah, and then they call them uh, for short K Tura, which means K truck. And I've seen two in Toronto. Might be the, might be the same one. But uh, wow, that's so cool. Why not, you know? Save on the environment, save on gasoline. And be different to boot. Why not? So, I'm very close to my neighborhood and it's still recording. The battery's on low, but we still have some juice going. So what I'm going to have to do now is pause this podcast, go inside, chill out, have a smoke, talk to the old man, come back out, and continue this again, because I'm getting into the groove of this. At least it's not void of conversation, even though it's just myself. So let me stop this now, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.